Well, we are starting this series called War of the Worlds. And again, I don't want you to be afraid as we start this series. It's not our intent to create fear, but it is our intent to create awareness because we are in a battle. We're in a battle between between good and evil. Maybe if you're a history buff, you remember H.G. Wells' book, his science fiction book called War of the Worlds. 1938, it was done. It was done so convincingly that people had, it was like mass hysteria. They thought that we were being invaded by aliens, really. (laughs) And this is the first example of fake news. (laughs) We're not talking about something that's fake today. We're talking about something that's Real, And that's the theme word. You're going to hear it over and over again. This is real, what we're facing. There are battles in our world. There are battles in our hearts, in our families, in our community. And there's something behind it. And we need to to make sure we know and understand our enemy. So as we begin, would you pray with me? Father, we pray that you would help us to see with clarity our enemy and understand who he is how he works, and how we can stand firm. That we can stand firm, as you've said, because we have the truth. We have the armor of God. And that we can make a difference against those forces of evil. Remind us that the battle has already been won. But there's still some fighting going on. And sustain us, and guide us, and direct us as we encounter those battles in life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me read to you the four verses from Ephesians that we're going to study. It begins this way. Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Notice, schemes, plural. We'll talk about that. He continues, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. A lot of times we attack each other. That's not our enemy, as we will see. And finishes this way, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all to stand firm. That is our objective today, to be able to stand firm firm in the middle of this battle. Now, you know, when you read the book of Ephesians, the first five chapters are filled with love and grace and forgiveness and instructions for husbands and wives and and families. And, you know, that's the stuff I really like to preach on. But the language changes dramatically. Chapter 6. And you hear and see these words. And what are these words? What, what do you see there? I mean, we're talking about wrestling and be strong, being strong and putting on armor, and there's forces that we're battling against. These are words of war. Because there is a war of the world. Between the world of good and God and what he wants for our lives and Satan and what he wants to do. And today our objective is to understand fully who he is and how he operates so that we can stand firm with the armor of God. Now I want you guys to just uh, listen to this music and tell me where it came from. Listen to this. 
Anybody get a chill when they heard that? <laughs> exactly. You know, it's been 44 years since that movie was put out, since it came out. 44 years. And, and, and I got to tell you, it got a lot of attention. I, I said another way, it turned a lot of heads. Really, yeah, really. But it did. I mean, you know, we have a lot of scary movies, right? We have zombie movies and alien movies, you know, vampire movies. But for some reason, this movie really touched a lot of people. And it's like, whoa. And the reason why is that it it asked the question, can Satan really enter into a person? Can they have that level of influence? And what can be done about it? And one of the reasons why this was such a powerful movie, did you know it was based upon a true story? True story of a kid who grew up, his Aunt Tilly introduced him to this, something called the Ouija board. Anybody ever play with that? You go to the Ouija board to get spiritual advice. You know, it's fortune telling. It's that kind of an activity. Put your hands on it and this little thing moves around and it spells stuff out. And, uh, you know, I know that when I was a kid, uh, one, we have a gang of kids that hung out together. I was about eight, nine years old, and there was one girl that had a Ouija board. So we would always get together, and the Ouija board would come out. And a lot of times we'd say, well, what, do, what should we do today? What should we, you know, kids, summertime, what are we going to do today? I got really suspicious because when she'd ask that question and put her hands on that thing, it came up, kiss me all the time. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what that was about exactly. Kind of weirded me out, though, at eight or nine years old, I can tell you that. I was like, whoa, <laughs> didn't quite understand that. But the story, the story that the exorcist was based upon was this, this kid who was seeking spiritual advice all his life, and he actually began to manifest some serious psychological stuff and different physical manifestations and all this stuff, and he had an exorcism. Went on to live a normal life. Now, Hollywood... Hollywood makes that into heads that spin around and people turning green and, and there's vomiting going on. I mean, you've seen the movie. You know what I'm talking about. So that's an exaggeration. Didn't happen that way. But that's what Hollywood does. And when we see it now, what do we do? We think When we see The Exorcist, we think things like vampire movies and alien movies you know, and stuff like that. And so that's the danger is that we have this popular notion of Satan that he doesn't really exist. It's just a fictional movie. Things have changed tremendously over the last 44 years. Look at this data. Only 62% of Americans agreed with the statement that Satan is a living being. They just simply believe he's a, a symbol for evil. He's a symbol for evil. You simplify your enemy and you strengthen him. You simplify your understanding of your enemy and you are less able to respond to his attacks. Do you think he's, Satan's got a good strategy here? Convincing us that he doesn't exist. And yet we know he does because we see it in our lives every day. We see poverty and we see illness and we see war and we see greed and we see racism. And we think in our own hearts and minds that, hey, you know what? We can fix this. All we need is better education. That'll fix it. Or a scientific advancement or economic opportunity. Or social programs, and it's all going to be better. But it doesn't get better. Instead, we see Virginia again, and again, and again, and again. Why? There's something behind this. It's called evil. Our adversary is Satan. 
And he's behind it and he's above it with a strategy beyond it and that he is trying to take the world in his direction. Anytime we simplify Satan and the way he operates, we strengthen him. If we don't see that reality of who's behind these activities, we'll never ever be able to really overcome them. Now, I'm not saying that all our solutions we shouldn't work for. I'm saying we have to understand who's behind the problem in our world today. And unfortunately, most of us don't believe who's behind the problem is actually a real person. And so in this series, we want to understand him. We want to know who he is. We want to know that he is not this guy in a red suit. And I just, I, I'm fascinated that we even try to make him cute like this. Aw, right? You know, I'm going to be a grandpa soon. Have I told you that? <laughs> Did I mention it past weeks? Yeah. My grandchild, if I have anything to do, it will never, ever be in a Satan suit, okay? Just saying. I'm just saying. Putting that on record for everybody to know. But this is what we try to do. We try to simplify and make Satan this lovable guy. There's even a TV show now where he gets uh, redeemed. Lucifer, if you've ever seen it. No. No. He is evil. He is our adversary. He has a strategy. And he doesn't want what is good in our lives. So let's take a second and look and see what God's word, the truth, says about who he is. In Job chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, we have this unique moment, this looking in on this visit with angels and Satan and God. And this is what Job, the book of Job says. On another day, the angels came to show themselves before the Lord, ha- having a little meeting. And guess who came with them? Satan. Now, why would he come with them? Well, because he was an angel, as we will see. He was part of the angelic host. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord. I have been wandering around the earth, going back and forth in it. Why? Because he's looking for somebody to devour, to lead away with his lies, lead them away from what God wants in their lives. We need to understand our enemy. We know here, from here, at least at this point in time, that Satan had access to heaven, that he's an angel, and he has access to earth. And if he has access to earth, he has access to us. Let's continue and look here at this passage in Isaiah, and we will see what happened to Satan. These are Satan's words in quotation marks as this passage begins. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. In other words, Satan says, I want to be God. Does that sound familiar? Like Garden of Eden, you will be like God, the temptation of Adam and Eve. This is why Satan got into a conflict with God and why he was cast out. And that's exactly what the prophet tells us. He ends up in Sheol, which is Hades. He's cast down. He's thrown out. He's taken down. We don't know exactly when this happens, and we see different theologians talking about like exactly when in the timeline of history that Satan was kicked out of heaven. It doesn't make any difference. Here's what we know. He's going down. That's what you say when somebody is going to be defeated, right? You say, hey, you're going down. <laughs> Remember that phrase. He's going down. Here, look in uh, Revelation. We see that there's a battle going on here, and Michael, the ark archangel is is there and he's fighting the great dragon and guess what he's going down he's going down and and he wins the ancient serpent where we first encountered the serpent genesis who's called the devil and satan the deceiver of the world he's going 
down. If we look in Luke, we see even Jesus talking about the fact that Satan is going to be defeated. He's going down. He sent disciples out to do ministry, to preach the kingdom of God, and it's coming soon, and to heal people. And they come back, and they're just like, I can't believe it. Just your name, Jesus, and, and the demons obeyed us. They obeyed us. We had power over the demons. And Jesus said, Satan, you're going down. You're going down. You see, we don't have to fear Satan because we know he's going down. In fact, he has already been defeated, but as we'll see, he's still dangerous because he's still fighting some battles. Peter says it this way. He says, not only does Satan go down, but all the angels too that rebelled with him. And now they're called demons. And so this is what we begin to understand about Satan, is that, first of all, he's going down. He's defeated, but he is still fighting. Let's just review real quickly. Satan, first of all, he is real. Satan is real. He's a fallen angel. Now, here's the problem, the challenge we have in our today's materialistic world, we don't want to believe in a supernatural evil being, a person that is actually coordinating a planned attack on humanity. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that there's a supernatural good being called God that is planning for your redemption and your eternal life in heaven? It's totally logically inconsistent if you would believe in one and not the other. We have to understand our enemy. He is real. He's a fallen angel. In addition to that, he has an army, a real army of demons, helpers. And he uses that army in that coordinated attack against humanity. He has this strategy, a real strategy of deception that can really hurt us. Do you know why it can hurt us? Because it leads us away from the truth of God. It takes us away from where God wants us to be in our understanding of our lives and our world. It's their lies, and he pulls us away from the truth of God. And he can keep you from heaven with those lies. We have to learn to pay attention. Instead of being like the guy in our logo with our back turned to the battle, we need to pay attention. The battle's been won. He's going down. We don't have to be afraid of him, but we need to pay attention. And finally... Just to remind you, because I don't know that I've said it yet, he's going down. Satan is going down. Now, he has lots of strategies, as we've mentioned already. But there's one master strategy. Now that we understand fully who he is, he's not a man in a red suit, but he is a fallen angel, a demon with power and authority and an army and a strategy. He has one overall arching strategy, and we see it revealed in this passage. So if you put on the full armor of God, you can stand against the schemes of the devil. The word devil means deceiver. That's his strategy. He simply wants you to be lied to. He wants you to believe a lie so that you can be led away from the truth. And his name tells you all you need to know about him. Satan, the word Satan is means adversary. But another word for Satan is devil, which means liar. Maybe that's where we got the phrase, liar, liar, pants on fire. I don't know. Could be. Here's here's his strategy. 
the word of God, the word of God, the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God, he tries to destroy in your life. He tries to rob you of that truth. He tries to keep you from learning it, from memorizing it, from reading reading it, from spending time in it. I know that because I hear those comments all the time, even my own life. I don't have time. I can never understand. It's too hard to understand. I can't memorize scripture. I hear those comments all the time. Where do you think those comments are coming from? Could it be Satan? Yes. It's his strategy to keep you away from the word of God. Now, there's one aspect of the strategy of deception that's very important for us to note. And we see it in the verses we just read. Notice how Paul, when he writes about Satan, he layers on all these titles, these important titles or these important words about, you know, they're, they're not, he's just not there in heaven. He is, they're rulers of heaven. They're, they're cosmic powers. They're authorities. Because Paul doesn't want us to miss something about Satan, and that is that he has power. So the first deception that he will often put forth over us is that he doesn't exist. And Paul's saying, no, he does, and he has great power. That's deception number one. There's another deception, though, that comes, you can see it, you can infer it from this verse uh, that we looked at a moment ago, and that is that you can have an unhealthy obsession with Satan. You can see him behind every door and, and give him too much power, and he doesn't have as much as you might think. He has power, but we have to hold it in attention that we have already defeated him. He's going down. Jesus said that. And you see here, because Paul says, look, you can take up the whole armor of God and you can stand firm. Not, not you may stand firm, you will stand firm. If you have the whole armor of God. So you see the tension there between those two positions? Some people believe Satan doesn't exist. Some people are saying too much about Satan and looking too much into that. And C.S. Lewis, the great apologist, wrote this. He said, there are two equal and opposite errors to which our race can fall in about the devils. One is to disbelieve their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors, by both mistakes. Satan's strategy is simply to promote his lies. That's his name. That's who he is. Discerning his voice... Understanding when he's lying to you requires that you know the truth. That means you need to spend time, we need to spend time in God's word so we recognize when something is inconsistent with God's word. And then we can discern the different ways in which he will take deception and attack people. And this is where it gets a little nuanced, a little challenging, a little complex. Because you really need to think about what's happening around you. We need to look what's behind is what's going on. An example of that, this is an interesting example to me. Pastor Mark forwarded this article to us as we were preparing this uh, sermon series. This is a Yale-trained psychiatrist. Dr. Gallagher works in mental health field. And in that field, he's called in to evaluate people. And lots of times people say, I think maybe there's possession. And he says, no, there's no possession. He's a a Yale-trained psychologist. He understands what's going on. Doesn't mean that what's going on there isn't evil. In other words, that uh, Satan is trying to mess around with that person 
and lead them away from God. But it, it may not be oppression, it could be depression. But here's the thing. Occasionally, at Dr. Gallery reports, he walks into a room, and, he, and, and as he did with Julia, and stuff flies off the wall. You say, what? Stuff flies off the wall. The person knows stuff that they are not, that knew that how his mother died and, and, and when and that happened, and she shouldn't have had any knowledge of that. And you think, wait a minute, what's, what's going on there? And he says, even though I don't always see possession, I, I, I occasionally do. And so when we're fighting Satan and with all these strategies, we have to be aware that it's, it's, there are different strategies he will use. The question we need to ask ourselves is, what's behind it? Is it a truth? Is it the truth of God or is it a lie? And that helps us sort out Satan's tactics. Now, in two, uh, the next two weeks, we're going to go over specific tactics that he uses, so don't miss one of those weeks. But know now that the basic problem is lying, that Satan lies. Peter says it this way. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is what Satan does. This is his strategy. This is the outcome. This is what he hopes to have. This is what's beyond. This is the the objective of Satan. And then he says, look, I want to kill, I want to steal, and I want to destroy all the promises of God in your life because I want to take you to where I'm going because I've I've been thrown down. That's what Satan's strategy is. So we need to be alert. We need to be aware. We're in a battle, a cosmic battle for good and evil. And we know Satan's going down, but we also know he's still fighting. And there can still be casualties. We need to not have our back turned to this battle. We need to be aware and facing it head on. So what it means for you and for me is we need to, we need to grab a hold of one basic truth today. One basic truth. So we can walk out of here and know that we can fight this battle. The word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Can I hear an amen? Now, does the word of God abide in you? Is it strong? Do you study it? Do you read it? Do you memorize it? Do you live in it? Do you understand it's true? Do you believe that it's true and you know that Jesus is telling you the truth? You see, watch out there because sometimes we have challenges We're deceived about the time and the importance, the time we spend in the Word and the importance of the Word. Martin Luther wrote this hymn called The Almighty Fortress. Maybe you've sung it before. This is the verse he writes about devils. He says, Though devils all the world should fill, all eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. And what's that word? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's the truth of Jesus. And we'd all see that and understand it. But here's what Luther said. He said, you know what I like to do is I like to call Satan that one little word called liar. Because I know the truth. I can call Satan a liar. That's the objective for you and for me. That we would know the truth so well, the truth of Jesus, that whenever Satan spoke to us, we could say, liar, and he falls. Because I know the truth. And the truth will set me free. It sets me free because 
at the moment of the battle where Satan thought he won on the cross, where Jesus dies, it was actually Jesus' greatest victory, our greatest victory, because Jesus came and said, I came to tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth, and I'm proving it because I'm going to rise from the dead. And so we know that Satan is going down because of that amazing event on the cross. Back in Genesis, I mentioned earlier, Moses, as he writes it, he says, look, he's writing and recording history here, and he says, talking, God is speaking, he's saying to Satan, he, he is the offspring of Eve, which is Jesus. He will crush your head. You're going to strike his heel. You're going, to, you're going to inflict death on him, but he's going to crush your head. There's a scene in the Passion of the Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane where they, they place a snake to represent this, and Jesus just takes his sandal and squashes that head and says, Satan, you're going down. You're going down. And that's what we need to know today. We need to know that we win, but we also need to know there's still a battle going on, so you need to come back and learn more about the tactics of battle for the next three weeks. There's a story from history that illustrates this, the Battle of the Bulge. Maybe you've studied it. It was the the largest, bloodiest battle of World War II. It happened after the Allies had invaded Normandy, Normandy. And most historians say, you know, really, honestly, we'd already won the war once that happened. But you read the history, and here's what they say about the Allies. They had poor intelligence. They didn't know what the Germans were doing. My, My prayer is that you don't have poor intelligence on this topic. Satan is real. The war has been won. The battle still rages in your heart, in your family, in your community, in the world. Know your enemy. Know his tactics. You can stand firm. That's my prayer for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can stand firm with the truth. That we know the truth. The truth has set us free. Lord, uh, we pray that you would strengthen us with that truth daily, that we would be in your word. That with one little word, we can fell our enemy. We could say, Jesus, the truth, you liar, out of my life. Father, uh, what a joy it is to be together with people who are a part of the opposing army to Satan's demons. We pray that you would unite us under the headship of Christ, that we could indeed fight the battles that you place in front of of us, knowing full well knowing full well our enemy, who he is, and his strategies. May it be so for us, Lord, that we might shine brightly in this dark world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time in God's Word with us during this message. It was recorded live in worship at Trinity Church in Lyle, Illinois, where God is leading us on our mission to look, live, and love more like Jesus. Would you like to know more about a relationship with Christ or more about Trinity, who we are, what we believe, and where and when you might join us in worship or a growth group. Please visit our website at tlc4u.org. That's the letters T-L-C, the number four, and the letter U.org. 
May God bless you and yours abundantly through Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening.